0: Hello and welcome to the 7th episode in Season 2 of the Principles for Principals podcast. We are excited to bring our listeners a podcast that supports district and school leaders. Our goal is to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership around relevant topics. Whether you are an experienced or novice leader, this podcast is for you. Today's conversation will explore ideas, tips, and resources in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills.
1: Today, your hosts, Julia Breedy, Aaron Dare, and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education will be talking to executive leadership coach and colleague, Bernadette Nguyen. Bernie is here today to talk through multi-tiered systems of support, or MTSS, and share about some exciting work that is happening in our county around MTSS.
2: Hi, Bernie. Hi, Aaron. How are nice. you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure to be here with um, the three of you. We're super mm-hmm. excited to have you, and uh, we're excited to hear your journey about MTSS. I'm excited to share. We're doing good work, great work, actually, here at the county.
3: Yeah, Bernie, thank you for being here. It's exciting to, uh, to have these conversations and to hear uh, so much about the good work you're doing. So we know that uh, multi-tiered systems of support, MTSS, that's a pretty broad topic. It covers a lot of ground. Um, So in terms of conversations that districts and and LEAs are having around MTSS, what are some of the specific ideas that you think it's helpful um, to hear MTSS teams talking about and exploring?
2: Thank you, Jeff. And, And you are right. There's so much in MTSS. But I would say that for any and all schools and districts really working on building their MTSS system, there are some foundational pieces that really they need to work on first and one of which is um this acknowledgement and recognition that MTSS doesn't just happen, it has to be intentional, they have to create structures and systems within their organization to support the work. So I would say that one thing that would be very helpful for teams working on MTSS is to be thinking about what structures are currently in place to support team functions and to define roles and responsibility and to have a focus for their work. So that's one thing for sure. Um, The other thing that I think is really foundational to MTSS is that decisions are made based on current, updated, constant information about what our students are able to do and what they have yet to, to learn how to do. And so in order for us to be pretty timely and responsive to student needs, we have to be able to take a look at a variety of different sets of data. And so, of course, we can certainly should and continue to look at some of the high-level um, quantitative data, the satellite data that are out there that we get a lot of. Um, and then I would say that we as a system also need to think about, like, how do we know that we have the capacity to do the work that we have set out to do? So what kind of capacity data is out there? And then what other student outcome data is there besides the quantitative? Like, how do we, how do we capture the student experience And the lived experience of our students and how do we go about doing that? So those are some things that I think school systems and districts should think about. And then if if any of our listeners are um, thinking about district level stuff, also thinking about how does a district then align all their initiatives and expectations for schools so that they remove barriers, foresight principals and foresight staff so that they can actually engage in MTSS in meaningful ways.
3: That's super helpful. I appreciate two things in particular about that. One being the consideration of the lived experience, right, The qualitative experience and thinking about how that is its own form of data when we seek to understand it. And then the coherence across a system that, uh, that you just spoke about when it comes to how there's alignment between the district's approach to this work and the way that it lives at a site. And those are, are such critical considerations. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Bernie, you also just alluded to the data that we use, right, from satellite to map to street data. And that really is a nice segue into my next question around tiered systems of support, often known as tier one, two, and three, and and the data that needs to be thought about when thinking about each of those systems. So my curiosity is, you know, MTS, MTSS focuses on a tiered system of support known as tier one, two, and three, and many times extra emphasis and funds are placed in in those tier two and three spaces, can you talk to us about the value of spending time and resources in the tier one space? Oh, absolutely, um, Julia. So I, we
2: um, at the county, we have we've just wrapped up our second year of facilitating uh, an academic MTSS breakthrough collaborative, and it, that that is focused solely on supporting schools, teams, and district in really strengthening and focusing support on tier one instruction. And we believe that that is so key because really at tier one, at least 80% of your students should be succeeding at tier one. I mean, that's like the first time they get that instruction. They should be getting all the support and resources they need in, our, in order to succeed. And only a smaller percentage of our student should, in addition to that tier one, get additional intensified support, right? But right now we know as a system from our data and from our observation or our look into systems across the county that that's really not happening. There's a greater percentage of students being pushed to receive a tier two and three support. And I and many people might argue with that, hey Bernie, what's the big deal? So long as students get support and they succeed, that's that's good enough, right? And I would argue to say that no, that's not good enough. Actually we're doing a huge disservice to our students and our society. Um, you can imagine that anytime students fail, there is implication and repercussions for that. That's long lasting beyond our classroom walls. Uh, when I, when a student's fail, um, their self-esteem gets rubbed off, um, their sense of agency, their sense of stamina, their sense of belief that they can make a difference in their own learning gets eroded away. And so it's key for us as educators to think about how do we, in how do we ensure that students don't experience continuous failure before they get the necessary support they need, um, because Failures, I think, um, really tear away at what we as educators strive to do, which is try to develop students who have a really strong sense of who they are as learners, um, their agency, their self-efficacy. And when we erode away at that, we also actually lessen our chance to be successful with students at Tier 2 and 3 because that agency is not there. And so I think it's key for us as a system to not think about let's wait until kids struggle to intervene, but how do we put into place um conditions for students to be successful the first time around?
0: Now, Bernie, that is really thoughtful and You know, we often see the tier one, two, and three pyramid or triangle where it says that two and three have a lesser amount of students accessing actions and supports. Yet in so so many times, we actually have the flip of that triangle going on where only 25% of students are successful in the tier one space. Mm -hmm. So imagine if we rethought what we were providing for all students just the magic that can happen with students, their identity and their agency. I so appreciate you talking about that.
1: Bernie, um, you mentioned something around um, Tier 1 and MTSS, and you mentioned briefly about an MTSS collaborative, academic collaborative. Can you tell us about what that involves and what successes participating schools and, and districts have had with the MTSS collaborative that the San Diego County Office of Ed
2: offers? Oh, yes. um, Absolutely, Erin. It's super exciting work. We just wrapped up. Actually, we are about to wrap up. We have one more learning session that's happening next month. Um, And we're about to wrap up our second year with uh, our second cohort of school teams and district teams that have gone through our academic breakthrough collaborative where we really focus our effort in helping school teams and district actually district teams think about how do they truly create an MTSS support system within their organization to support tier one instruction. And so um, I'll kind of wrap it up in a, like a nutshell, because I can talk hours and hours about this, but we don't have hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so in essence, what we do in the Breakthrough Collaborative is we really help district team and school teams think about how they align support from the district level down to the classroom level. Like how do district folks support school folks in doing the work the first time around? And so we, in our Breakthrough Collaborative, we have um, change ideas that we introduce that are research-based practices that we introduce to district leaders, school leaders, and teacher leaders in thinking about how they um, offer students the most amazing, the most impactful, first best instruction ever, um, so that we don't have to move students to tier two and three if necessary. And so our Breakthrough Collaborative takes our participants, um, our district leader, our school leaders, and our teacher leaders through a process of really learning about who they are as educators, what they currently do, and what they can do to shift the practices at their school site. And so we, um, like I said, wrapped up our year two. And what has been super exciting and inspiring is at the end, we'll hear teachers share data where students are like coming to their teachers after school and saying, hey, teacher, I really want to redo this assignment because I learned something today in class and I think I can do better. And this we're talking about high school students, like how many high school students would prefer to stay after school to revise and do an assignment again? And so just the percentage of student who um, teachers are reporting that that's happening is is just exciting, like getting kids to really see the value in their education is exciting. Um, Recently, this this cohort that we're in right now, we've been focusing on high-quality tasks. And um, I've had an opportunity and the privilege to visit a middle school um, and visit a teacher's classroom where one of her period is 75% of the students in that period are students with disabilities, students with IEPs. And uh, when I go in and, and watch her implement a high-quality task that she has thoughtfully designed and thought through the lens of UDL and watch her students engage in grade-level content, standard-based level work, where they're talking about equations and why equations work, I'm telling you, I could not tell the difference between the 75% of the students who had a disability and those who did not the level of conversation was rigorous. It was rich in academic language. It was conceptual. I mean, it just, I like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. So I um, am proud of the work that the county team has done to support the schools in creating a powerful learning tier one instructional experience for our students and our cohort Two participants will be in next month thinking about and naming all their successes, and they're going to begin to think about how they spread the success beyond the pilot classrooms where this work is actually happening now.
1: I appreciate you giving us the context of the collaborative. Um, We know that it could be really powerful. And I also was thinking about, you had talked about student agency and how you just drew that connection to some of the student agency and work that's been happening with the collaborative. We mentioned that cohort two is nearing the end of their their time. Um, any future cohorts that you have in mind?
2: Oh, absolutely. We're actually, uh, we just um, are starting our recruitment process for co- cohort three. Cohort three is scheduled to launch in August. Um, the date is yet to be finalized because we're trying to be thoughtful about the calendar, school calendars for participating schools and districts. But um, it's happening now. So if you are interested uh, space might be filling it pretty quickly because we're in our two cohort two and the words getting out that the work is meaningful and is impactful so if you are interested at all please reach out and um, tap us and we will be more than happy to meet with you and give you more information
1: thank you Bernie we'll also put that in the show notes a link to that awesome thank awesome. you
2: Erin.
3: thank you Bernie um, so that brings us close to the end of our time and our conversation today. We appreciate um, all of your 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 work and your thoughtful ideas. Uh, we always like before we wrap up to have a, a little moment of fun and do what we call our rapid fire round. If you're game for uh, for a few quick questions that have nothing to do with MTSS, but uh, but might help us to get to know you a little bit better, I'm all game. I'm all about game. So go for it. Okay, well, it's nothing nothing too, too uh, complicated or painful, we hope. Um, so the first question is just quite simply, what's something you do that brings you joy?
2: Uh, I'm a foodie person. I love food. Uh, it brings me tremendous joy to just spend all weekend eating. Uh, but <laughs> I would have to say my favorite thing getting up on a Saturday morning is get up and um, go to this hole-in-the-wall diner in Escondido called Home Sweet Home. And just have your good old grandma make you breakfast uh, with my lovely boy Scott.
3: Excellent, excellent, nice little plug for home sweet home there here on the on the podcast too. That's good. Um, we also know those of us that work with you know that you are a, a master gardener, and so uh, wondering what you think of when uh, when you're thinking about your favorite tree or shrub or flower or maybe one of each of those. What uh, what comes to mind?
2: Well Jeff I'm not quite a master gardener but one day when I retire that is going to be my goal. Um I would say my favorite tree right now is my apricot tree. It is Phil and Julia you your father would be very proud of me. It is filled with blossom. So I hope those blossoms become fruit so it's my apricot tree it's in, in third it's in its third year. Um and then I am super excited to see what my David Austin um Jubilee Celebration's going to do for me this year. It has the most amazing fragrant roses that are like peach, um apricotish pink colors and so I'm excited that um uh, excited to see what kind of blooms it gives me this year.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Um well as you're making your way toward that master gardener status, as we turn the corner into spring here, do you have any any tips for those of us that are amateur home gardeners that we could could make use of as we're working in our gardens this year?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I would say that if you planted some beautiful flowers, uh, first time growers always have the tendency to, oh, I don't want to cut it, leave it on the leave yeah. it on a tree. It's so pretty, it will die. No, cut your flowers, people. Cut as vigorous as you can because the more you cut the more flowers you will get. And I learned the hard way. Um, so don't do what I do. Don't leave it on the bush. Don't leave it on the plant, cut it, enjoy it, bring it into your home. And if you have too much, put some on your neighbor's front door and just surprise them, like spread the beauty.
3: Great, great idea. Thank you. All right. Well, we appreciate you being with us today. And uh look forward to continuing to hear about all the success that you're the successful work you're doing with uh, the MTSS work and everything else that you have going on across the county. Thanks for being here, Bernie.
2: Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Have a wonderful day everybody.
3: Thanks. All right, and thanks to everybody for joining us here on this episode of principles for principles if you'd like more leadership resources you can subscribe to our today's informed principal tip sheet using the link in the podcast show notes and as always if you have any feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode you can tweet us at sd underscore principles we always love to hear from you and we hope you'll join us again next time for more school leadership tips thanks for listening